Toronto proud to announce from Zurich, Men's League Switzerland, from US program, Austin Matthews. foregoing my normal schedule and doing this on Tuesday because of the whole trade deadline thing. Normally I wouldn't do this, normally I don't have the time to do it, but uh, there's been some schedule shifts that just happened to work out this week, so here we go. And it's just a favorite, everybody. Um, basically just going to talk all about the trade deadline stuff and the couple things that happened last week that I didn't get a chance to go over with on the last one. Uh, basically, the Jeff O'Neill call-out, the general outrage, uh, the whole Babcock thing, and and then just the general trades and stuff. So let's just start with the um, Jeff O'Neill outrage. I don't know if how many people saw that, but if you haven't seen it, I would highly advise that you go on to the, the Overdrive episode. Uh, I can't remember exactly the date, but it was the day after that game. Uh, that they lost to Pittsburgh. I think it was a Wednesday, right? It should be a Wednesday last week. Basically, just Jeff O'Neill just calls out the entire team and the organization for how they're playing and what's going on for the for the Buffalo game and the Pittsburgh game. And he made a lot of really good points. And one of the ones that stood out to me was when he talked about uh, the team having the same troubles for the past, like, 10 years. Like, even in the Dion Phaneuf days, he talks about how the de- defense was always their trou- their problem and like they didn't back check, they weren't able to uh, protect the goalie from getting like really high danger shots and that's just been something that's been going on for 10 years. And I mean, I had always thought about it in the past, um, you know, three, four years, the Matthews era, uh, but I didn't really think about it in the long term like that. And I'm like, and then when I stopped and thought, I'm like, damn, he's actually, he's right. This has been a problem of theirs for a long time, sort of like, uh, the Habs and their ability to get a number one center. Like, it's it feels like a decade since the Habs had a number one center. It's probably longer than that. Um, and it's just continually something that just isn't addressed, and it gets super frustrating. And I think, uh, and, and then it leads me to just the general outrage that I read about, you know, all over social media. And I felt too. It's like people were just fed up with watching the same thing go on same thing go happen uh, uh, over and over again and this issue just going on and on and seem like it's never ending um, I think like I've been mad in games when they've lost but I've always kind of looked at it like well you know it's just a bad game whatever move on it's still a good team but I think this past week maybe these past couple weeks because there's just been a few games like the Florida one where Barkov was injured and then they barely tried and you're like what is going on here um there's the Buffalo one where they just looked like they had no idea what was going on uh the Pittsburgh one 
where again they just get completely outworked and then previous various games where they would come in and it'd be against a team that they had a hundred percent chance to win but didn't put in any effort and it'd be one thing to see a team who you know tried really hard got a lot of good shots was protecting their goalie uh, and came out with a loss because the other team's goaltender uh, was playing really well or uh, there was just a lucky goal that went in on them on Friday or something. But that absolutely was not the case for this team. Uh, and I, and it also comes down to this team is supposed to be really, really good. Like on paper, you're looking at probably the best offense in the league, I would say. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, for sure. On paper, you could argue it's like the best top nine in the league. Uh, for offense easily um defense like i've said many times i don't think it's that bad when you look at it but for some reason it comes out like the way they play together is just horrible uh it's, it's maybe it's a combination of the forwards just not helping them out enough like on other teams so they get exposed a lot or they get you know left out to dry um left to fend for themselves kind of thing and the whole jeff o'neill call was just like a culmination of that uh, the general outrage is pretty common after every loss. It always has been, and uh, that's kind of the stuff I, I tend to ignore. But this time, I was just really, really engaged in it. Um, and, you know, it would be one thing if there was, like, if this was a rebuilding team. Like, if you were an Ottawa Senators fan right now and you're complaining that the team isn't good enough uh, after the whole rebuild fiasco or how they all fiascoed their way into this rebuild... Um, losing Eric Carlson and everybody. It's kind of crazy when you think about who they lost. Eric Carlson, Pajot, Mark Stone, uh, and Mike Hoffman. I mean, that's that's pretty nuts. Like, I imagine Matthews, Marner, uh, Riley, and Nylander all leaving in, like, two years. That would be crazy. But anyway, if it's a rebuilding team, you kind of just accept that they're going to lose, uh, you know, whatever. But if they work hard, it still makes the games fun to watch. That's just not the case with this team. They've got all the skill in the world. They have all the ability in the world, and they don't try uh, when they need to. Or they they see adversity, and then it just like explodes in their face, and they don't know what to do. Um, I think all of that was justified. If you haven't heard any of, the, heard, uh, any of Jeff O'Neill's rant, I highly advise you go listen to it because it's very, very good. Uh, and it's passionate, and it's entertaining in a lot of ways. Which kind of leads me to the whole thing, like, when Babcock was the coach, he always talked about this team not having an identity and them not learning how to play properly in this league and play hard and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm sure he did, he did things that annoyed people, but maybe there was reasons that he did all those things, like not playing certain players or certain, uh, more in the game. He'd play other players longer. Maybe because some of the lower-end players understood that it took more work ethic, and so that's what he was going to reward. Uh, and then the other players weren't getting that and they were getting annoyed with him like well I'm better than this guy I should play and they would just sulk instead of like you know on their next shift just going out there and killing it which is what he wanted them to do and it's hard not to argue with that right now uh, it's hard not to see how he was right now maybe he was uh, an asshole and they didn't like him for it and whatever but you know I have some bosses and teachers that I thought were jerks and and I didn't like them as people, but I, you know, honestly, in the end, I thought about it. I'm like, you know, they were kind of right. 
I, I should have put in more effort. I should have learned things. I should have asked questions here. Uh, and it made me a better employee later uh, when I finally realized those things. And when you do realize those things later and you work for a boss with similar features, you know, they're kind of hard on you, but then they notice like, oh, this person actually does all the things I usually have to complain at, complain at everyone else for. They really appreciate you and they give you a little bit of benefits. Like they give you leeway if you make mistakes still. Like who figured, you know, <laughs> you work hard and do your job and understand things like that and you get a benefit for it. Um, I really wish I had learned that in my earlier years, but thankfully I eventually did and uh, it served me well later. And that's just what I see with this team. Same thing. And I feel like uh, they were all really happy when Babcock was gone and Sheldon Keefe kind of saw the benefits of a really good team at the beginning, um, just being super motivated. But now they've hit this wall and this adversity and they're bumbling around the playoff spot. And if it wasn't for the Florida Panthers doing their absolute best to lose these games as well, uh, they would be well out of the playoff spot right now. And they might have been actually selling at the deadline for sure. Uh, yeah. I don't know what to say. I hope it's not going to take one of the big players getting traded. I really don't want to see it unless it's going to be some amazing defenseman coming back and it sort of balances out the team better. Uh, but uh, I don't see that next year for sure. So it's going to be up to this team to change. And, like, I don't want to be too crazy about, like, blow it up. It's only been, you know, every three years just explode. Um, it is still a really young team. I mean, what is Tavares, 28, 29? He's still got quite a long time left. Matthews, Marner, Newlander are all quite young. Um, a lot of players don't really hit their stride until later. There's teams like St. Louis and Washington that took a time, took time to get better. Even Pittsburgh, after they won their Stanley, first Stanley Cup, they had, like, I mean, of course, you give them, they won a Stanley Cup, so you give them longer leeway, but wasn't it like seven years between the next one? Was it 2009 to 2015, 2016, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so it took them that long to come back. And every year we heard, like, trade Flurry. Every year we heard trade Malkin. Uh, would they trade Sid? Um, but nope, they stuck with it and kept, like, building the team around the good players that eventually that understood how to play. And uh, eventually they won. Um, and, of course, Sidney Crosby's, like, a different player of his own. He's got this different kind of drive. But that drive can happen. You just got to want it. You gotta want it enough, uh, and change how you change your approach. If you already have all the ability, then it should be no trouble for you. So anyway, moving on to trade deadline day because time is short and precious for me. Um, big WTF moments. What is Tampa Bay doing? They traded two first round picks for essentially like cap friendly. I'm not even referencing the site, but just cap friendly players essentially. And one of them is like, what is it, uh, the, whatever, the San Jose guy, he's not that good. He only got 10 goals or something, it, it, like max in his career in one season. How is that guy worth a first-round pick as a fourth-line center or something? Like, even if he, I, I can't imagine how good he is. Like, what is he, Eric, the Eric Stahl of fourth, the fourth line? Like, is he going to, or sorry, Jordan Stahl of the fourth line? Is he just like, no goals are ever allowed when he's on the ice? Uh, I, I don't understand that trade at all. Um, this team was stacked already from top to bottom. Uh, they had good goaltending, defense, forwards, whatever you want. And they had two first-round picks going into this draft. 
They were laughing at the league, laughing. And then they traded two of those first-round picks. One, the first player they got, uh, what was that? I'm going to look these up real quick because I feel like a jackass. All right, the first was uh, Blake Coleman. That was the one from New Jersey. Um, he is signed until 2021 for $1.8 million, so really good uh, cap. Uh, no problems there. You can go down and you look, and the mo and he's got 20 goals. He's got 30, 40 points. He's supposed to be pretty offensive. Uh, he's never played a full season in the league. He's had 79 games, one season, 23, and uh, he's only 57. So not really injury prone or anything, but still technically he's never played a full season. Um, he's he gets average 20 goals a year. Uh, in the past two years, <laughs> year before he got 13, like. Is he going to have the same role on New, on uh, Tampa Bay, or is he going to be buried in the third line or fourth line and not be able to play as much, sort of like J.T. Miller, and you won't really see his potential anymore? So he could drop down to like a 15-goal score and 10 assists still. Like, is that a, worth a first round? I mean, he's young. Maybe he'll get really better. Maybe there's something I'm not seeing, but... That was a head-scratcher, but at least in some way you could justify it. I'm like, well, if he's really physical and he can get 20 goals, like, that's something they really need. But this other one, uh, Barkley Goudreau. Like, I've watched a lot of San Jose games. I've never really noticed him that much. I've never really looked at him and been like, man, that's a good player. Um, same thing with him. He's played one full season out of one, two, three, six seasons. Uh, he's never gotten over 10 goals. Best he ever had was eight which is this year. Oh, they got him at his peak. Yes. Uh, 24 points. Same thing. If he's physical, great. But is this worth a first rounder? Like, you could trade... I mean, it's funny. The Vancouver traded their first rounder for JT Miller, who's a physical goal scorer that's going to get 70 points this year. Like, are you effing kidding me? Um, what if they traded both first rounders for one really good player? Uh, did they even need it? Like, just trade like thirds or fourths or second or whatever for some veteran player that can fill a similar role that's just defensively responsible and somewhat physical. That's all you need. Uh, I mean, Wayne Simmons would have fit the bill. And what did he go for, a fourth or fifth or something? I don't know. That, that Those to me were huge head scratchers and just big WTF moments of the trade deadline. I'm like, what are you thinking? Uh, speaking of what are you thinking... Uh, Zach Parise almost went to the Islanders. What the f in the world are they thinking? He has a he's thirty five. He signed for six more years at seven something. Um, I mean, if he retires, the cap recapture penalty goes to uh, Minnesota anyway. But he's clearly on the downspring. He gets injured quite a bit. Why? The team just, that team did not need him. The Islanders, like, the last thing they need is a, is a contract anchor. And they were going to trade one of their, their contract anchor, Andrew Ladwood. His is at least up in three years. So you're going to get out of it quicker, and it's slightly less. So do you want to? I mean, you just hope, not hope, but, like, they kind of hope that Andrew Ladwood get injured or something maybe to get rid of his whole cap and just put him on LTIR for four years. Uh, Zach Prize probably it would happen, but... I have no idea what they were thinking on that one. I understand Lou had him back in the day in New Jersey, and then he left him. Um, sorry, he, he, John Tavarsed him uh, back in the day to go to Minnesota. 
didn't don't remember the outrage over that one being as big. Um, that would have been ridiculous if that happened. Um, wins. Uh, sorry, I have WGF's wins and losses, so I'm going to do some wins now. Wins for me was the Oilers. Uh, they they actually got some scoring. Tyler Ennis, he's not player he used to be, but he's definitely useful. I mean, I liked him on Toronto. He worked his ass off, and he got several goals to show it. Um, he worked well in Edmonton, if he, whoever he plays with. If it's the Nuge, uh, Dreisaitl, or McDavid, one of those centers, good enough for him. Same thing with Athanasiu. He's not very good defensively. His numbers are down this year, but it's on Detroit, which is like one of the worst teams in the past 30 years. Uh, it's not surprising that his numbers are down. That almost always happens when the whole team is playing bad. But quite regularly, when those kind of players uh, jump to another team that's not as bad, they do a lot better. Uh, his plus minus is pretty bad, but you look at one of the years, the one year I think the Capitals played really bad, but you look at Ovi's plus minus getting 50 goals. That was bad. He's like he's still like minus thirty or something. It was it was really bad. Um, so yeah, they did really well. Carolina, I thought, did some interesting moves, getting Trocheck and uh, Vatnin and Skay or Brady Skay or how do you ever say it? They really upgraded their team. That team it looks deadly on paper, uh, and the way Brindamore coaches and they all kind of like galvanize around him. I think they're set. They just need goaltending. Um, that was sort of my w, one of my WTF moments for them, though, was like, they didn't get anything? As far as I know, both their goaltenders goal are injured, and you'd think they would have traded something, just just anything. Some, you know, sort of washed-up goalie that can maybe cover for a couple weeks. Um, but I guess they felt okay with their American Hockey League goalies and called them up instead. So they're on a third and fourth stringers at this point. But, I mean, they won with uh, David Ayers, so... Who knows what else they can do? Um, let's say a loss is the Panthers. So they traded their second-line center. They got a mishmash of players. I've, I've heard mixed reviews on those players they got back. Like, Eric Halla could be good. Uh, is he as good as Trocek? Well, no. Uh, the prospect, I don't know a lot about. I heard he's supposed to be good. I mean... Is Florida really in that mode that they should have traded him? Maybe they should wait till the end of the season to reconfigure this. Do they even have a third line center to, to cover him? Um, uh, let me look it up real quick. All right, so it was what I thought. It was uh, you've got Eric Halla who had one good season where he got thirty goals, which was the uh, last season with the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, previous seasons, he never got over fifteen. The series at twelve, so he might get a little bit higher. Only played 41 games this year. Um, oh, by the way, that year... Sorry, it wasn't last season that he did that with Vegas. He was injured last year. It was the year, the first year Vegas came in that he had that record year, which the whole team sort of had this big spike in production. So there's this anomaly season. So I mean, he's not a second-line center. He's a third-line center. And their other center is also a third-line center is Noel Achari. Uh, they've just weakened themselves severely down the middle going into this playoff push so I don't know if this was just a future move and maybe some of the prospects or who they really want uh, or they just wanted to shake up or something but I just thought this was confusing considering where they are in the playoffs and if they just somehow uh, change their their effort in a way they could easily pass the Leafs who also need to do the same thing um, so wins Pajot to the Islanders huge benefit that guy fits in exactly with what they need 
He's defensively sound. He can score points. I mean, he's going to be a slot better probably in the third. They could sort of have like a third, second line, even out like they're both sort of like second line centers. Uh, it depends how they spread out the wingers and all that. But I think that's really good uh, for them. He signed for a decent cap hit. I don't know why a lot more teams didn't push for this. Uh, I'm looking at you, Montreal. I mean, this would have helped them a bit, quite a bit. Uh, this is exactly what they would have needed, and you don't have, they wouldn't have had to pay a lot. Um, well, not more than what they already have. They've got a ton of draft picks they could have um, parlayed for this. Um, big winner to me was Patrick Marlowe. Uh, I'm really happy for him to be able to have a chance at a cup with Pittsburgh. Uh, they're they're one of the best contenders, I think, this season. If If they end up winning, I know some people are going to be annoyed. Oh, Pittsburgh won again. I wouldn't care, honestly, at this point. I'd like the story of Patrick Marlowe winning. So that was cool. Um, and one of my last ones uh, is the WTF, which is Wayne Simmons to Buffalo. Why? Why did they even pay anything? That team is just not built to win. Maybe they're thinking, like, well, if we give him a chance and he plays good for 20 games for him, we might be able to re-sign him for cheap next year and we'll have another scoring winger. I could see that. I, I guess no other team who wanted him a physical somewhat scorer uh, in their lineup. Tampa Bay, hello. Uh, thought that that was worth the trade. One other thing I read too in The Athletic was one of the, oh, I, I can't remember exactly, it was like Thomas Drance or something, one of the writers in The Athletic who was talking about the trades. He talks about how Tampa Bay is like, oh, it's amazing. They got exactly what they needed. They're going to win the cup now. Um, and he just glosses over the fact they played it at first for like a fourth liner. And then he comes over to the Pajot one and he's like, yeah, clearly the Islanders overpaid. Like, what? Really? I don't think so. I mean, maybe they overpaid for his peak, but they also re-signed him. So it's like, it's sort of a long, pretty long-term benefit for that player. Yeah, he's been good for a long time at his role. So he won't produce like this at that team because he won't have the uh, the the minutes and he won't be counted on for that kind of stuff uh, for the offense as much and he he probably will have a um, a different play well um, even more defensive play style just through Barry Trotch but I don't know I thought that was a pretty stupid comment to like completely ignore what Tampa Bay did by overpaying for these players uh, and then go come on Islanders what are you doing um, you paid for the best trade deadline player out there like ugh. Uh, oh, and one more thing, the Chris Kreider re-signing. I thought it was good. Uh, I kind of expected them to trade him. I didn't think he would go back there, but apparently he just likes New York so much that uh, he's willing to sign. And he signed for a pretty decent deal. It was only like 6.5 or 6.75. That's an amazing deal for a power winger. Uh, it'll probably be one of those deals that near the last two, three years, we'll be looking at like, ooh, that's expensive and... Uh, when his play style or when his scoring touch goes a little bit and he probably won't be able to be as uh, offensive but I mean good enough for them for now I guess uh, they seem like a decent team and I guess they wanted to keep trying to see if they could make the playoffs but overall I thought it was a pretty interesting trade deadline day compared to normally how boring they are um, the Leafs didn't do much not really surprised I mean what do you do you don't have a lot of assets to trade um, they could have traded Barry, but then that would have been probably a downgrade to whatever they were going to have. 
Um, a lot of people are talking about, oh, he's having such a bad season. I mean, he's still like 30-something points right now. Like, he's not, he didn't fall off a cliff. Uh, could have been better, but again, like I've talked before, Morgan Riley kind of had his positions for most of the season, so uh, he's just played way less an offensive role than he needed to on most teams, so obviously his numbers are going to suffer. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Those are my thoughts. I hope everyone had a good trade deadline. I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, and I got to get studying. So thanks for listening. Bye.